Hello and welcome to Manoli's Musings. I am your host, uh, Manoli. Imagine that. Uh, this is the first episode. I don't really know what I'm looking to achieve with this. I think, honestly, that I'm just bored. Uh, you know, yeah, I've been tossing around the idea of doing something like this for a long time. People always say, oh, you have such a great voice. I love listening to your voice. You have, you could do radio. You could call ball games. You could do whatever. And I'm like, oh, I guess I should do something with it. I do sing. Uh, that's one of my hobbies. I'm, I'm a business student, but I also sing opera because I can't do anything like a normal person. Uh, yeah, so I I do sing. But people are like, you, you have a voice for for the radio. And, you know, nowadays the radio is kind of going out. And now we got what? We got podcasts and all this and that. And I always thought about doing the podcast, but I didn't know what I was going to talk about because I didn't think I had anything interesting to say. And, you know, I kind of still think that way, but I'm going to say it anyway, because why not? Going in here, jumping into the deep end, you know, I'm going to say something and, you know, you can listen and you don't have to listen. You can agree. You don't have to agree, but I'm going to say it. And that's that. Okay. And then, yeah, so think about this for a long time and, and then all these other people they started doing the podcast and i was kind of looking at them i'm like eh, i don't know these people they, they think they're so clever i don't think i'm clever I, these people are like oh i'm going to talk about this this and this and i now i have a microphone and that means that i'm, I'm smart no nah, it doesn't mean you're smart it just means that you like to hear yourself talk and I, I i think i do like to hear myself talk but we'll get to that uh, so i kind of put it away for a while and you know, I kind of decided, eh, you know, I'm just going to talk and see how it goes. That's uh, that's really it. So, yeah, so, you know, I'm, I don't know. I don't really have anything important to say. I think I'm just here to here to talk. I got a lot of energy. I like to get it out. And I kind of get my energy out by talking to people. And, you know, I, I like I like going out seeing people. It's, uh, it's how I get my energy. I, I'm very much an extroverted kind of guy so yeah so i'm gonna talk so i don't really know what i'm going to talk about you know every time i do one of these but you know see how it goes all right moving on so start out with uh i'm Manoli. i am a student i'm a business student i'm in my senior year of college about to graduate in may very exciting. Uh, I study international business and finance. And like I said, I also sing. Uh, that's my hobby. I like to sing opera. I'm a bass. Uh, and uh, other things, you know, background, uh, my father's side of the family is Greek. And so I'm very, rather proud of that fact. And uh, uh, originally from Charleston, South Carolina, beautiful city. And that's how I got this uh, Southern accent that some people like to uh, make fun of me for. But, you know, everyone's got their thing, right? Uh, yeah, so that's a little bit about me. Uh, and so speaking of singing, I actually had a show this past week uh, with with my school. We did a production of a French opera, Operetta, which is kind of like a miniature opera uh, called La Belle Helene. And it was about Helen of Troy. Well, Helen of Sparta and the, the, the Trojans stole her. Don't get me started. Um, yeah, so it was about Helen and Paris coming in to take her away. And it was kind of like a comedic take on all that. So you had Helen and Paris and Agamemnon and all the characters from the Iliad, that kind of thing. 
I played this uh, high priest named Calchas, high priest of Zeus, and I had to wear, it was a very heavy costume. I had to wear a long tunic with like a sash over it, ancient Greece, you know, and I had, we had to wear masks because of COVID times, and then I had to wear this gigantic beard that looked like a mop. And, uh, you know, by the end of the show, I think I had lost about 10 pounds of sweat every night. But, you know, it was a good success. It was a fun role to play. The character was kind of similar to how my personality is. He's kind of, uh, I would say, mischievous. And uh, he likes to gamble. And I, I do enjoy the occasional friendly wager from now, now and then. And, uh, yeah, it was a fun role. Not the easiest to sing. It was a lot of singing. It was rather high for me. But, uh, you know, people really enjoyed it. Uh, I got good reviews, and I was happy, you know. So we did three shows of that. Saturday, my, my family came. My, my parents, uh, I got to spend some time with my father after the show. We went out, had a drink, ran into some friends of mine, and it was, uh, it was a good time. The whole weekend was great, I got to say. And then, well, anyway, so the, we finished the last show on Sunday, and there, there was a matinee, 3 o'clock. So we finish and we have to break down the stage and the sets. And I get out of there until it was, I don't know, I think I got home at 11.30. So I was, uh, I don't think I've recovered, basically, is what I'm saying. My mind's going all kinds of directions. I, 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 I feel tired all the time now. I don't know. It's like you're doing the show. And I mean, you're at rehearsal for three hours a night, almost every day. And then show week, you know, it's even more. And then you got to do the show. And it's a big rush, and then it's over. You're kind of like, huh, well, now what? It's not like I don't have an abundance of schoolwork to do because I do. So, yeah, i got to focus on that now. Not that I wouldn't, but, you know, not that I wasn't before, but, you know, now I got got no distractions. i got to buckle down, finish strong. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so speaking of opera, I was I was listening, I was watching uh, the Ring Cycle, the uh, the production by Patrice Chéreau, and I, you know, anytime I'm going to say something foreign, I'm going to mess it up. I'm just forewarning you. Anything I try to say in a, that's not of the English language, I'm going to mess it up. Uh, so there was this production by Chéreau, and it, it was kind of like this industrial revolution thing. It was very interesting uh, staging. You know, some people are like, ah, you know, it's the ring cycle. For those who don't know, it's kind of like this mythological thing with dragons and giants and dwarves and, you know, magic rings and magic swords and all kinds of things. So some people like a more traditional staging, you know, oh, they didn't have, they didn't have the rainbow bridge to Valhalla and that kind of thing. And uh, yeah, I, I understand the criticism. It was uh, not that, but uh you know, the singing was, I, I like the singing for the most part. Uh, the singers were, were very good. I But then, you know, I'm, I'm watching this thing. And it just, you know, opera, I, I hate to say it, a lot of it just doesn't make sense. Uh, you, you take the hero, for example, his name is Siegfried. Uh, and he's he's grown up isolated in the woods. He's been raised by this guy named Mima who's trying to kill him so he could get this ring of power that's going to take over the world. And basically, Siegfried's this idiot, but he 
they say he has a good heart, but at every turn, he just seems rather annoying. I don't know why he's the hero of the story. His father, in the first time, it's like four offers long, okay? So this Siegfried is number three out of four. His father, Sigmund, was more interesting, but then we get stuck with the son, who, who really isn't interesting, I, I got to say. He's kind of stupid and kind of brash. They say he doesn't know fear. He was never taught fear, which I don't know how that's even possible. He doesn't know love and he doesn't know fear. So what does he know? He doesn't know anything. Why is this guy the hero? I don't understand it. Anyway, he runs into his grandfather, who's actually the king of the gods, Voltan. And his grandfather, for some reason or another, doesn't say, hey, I'm your granddad. He kind of confronts him. And Siegfried being this aggressive idiot, he kind of uh, he kind of gives him the brush, and then Wotan gets mad, and he said basically says, uh, "I'm going to kill you with the spear that I killed your father with." It's all messed up, okay? Wotan is he messed the whole thing up. He went and had all these kids, and then he had to go. He had to have them killed, and their offspring killed, and because of his wife and. There's these Valkyries riding on horses and carrying dead people. And the whole thing is a mess. So Votan's talking to his grandson, Siegfried. And he basically says, you're not getting past me because his other daughter, Brunhilde, is sleeping behind him, basically. And whoever braves the magic fire to get to Brunhilde will win her as his bride is basically a thing. But Votan doesn't want Siegfried to get to her. I don't understand why he didn't just say, hey, listen, here's here's what it is. You know, I'm your grandfather. Uh, we got to talk. No, he doesn't do any of that. He just says, you're not going to pass it. It's Siegfried because he's an idiot. He doesn't understand why he should be afraid of Voltan. He actually breaks Voltan's spear, which has all these rules, these laws embedded into it. And so the whole world goes to chaos, basically. And then there's another four and a half hour opera that tie up loose ends, which is my least favorite of the four. There's four. There's Das Rheingold, Die Valkyrie, Siegfried, and Gotadamro. And I don't know. The last one is so long. And the characters aren't as, aren't as interesting. There's no Voltan. There's no gods. No giants. No nothing. It's just, I don't know. It's like the first three, they started off strong. And then the last one is still good. It has its moments. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just. I don't know. Not my favorite. Well, now that you got the the idiot's guide to the ring cycle, I guess I should move on. I uh, saw a news story, and it was uh, stuff going on in, in Russia and Ukraine. Um, and I don't want to get too far into it because I know that's the last thing uh, anybody really wants to talk about. Well, actually, you know, you go on social media, everyone's now a so uh, foreign policy expert. But my point is, is that I saw the story of this Russian guy. I don't know who he is. And they apparently he had docked his yacht in Germany and the German government, they, they seized it. But the yacht is like 500 feet long here. I'll, let me pull up the story. I'll just read it to you. Okay. We'll see how that goes. I, I can't, I have a hard time reading things like reciting them. Where was it? Okay, here it is. Germany has seized a Russian billionaire's $600 million mega yacht following sanctions imposed by the EU on Russia. And it's this 512-foot yacht. It was uh, getting touched up in Hamburg, and they seized it. And the, the yacht has, like, two helicopter pads, 
a sauna, beauty salon, a gym, 12 bedrooms on a boat. Uh, I mean, this thing's worth hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, but my question is, I mean, good. I, I'm not criticizing that they see it, but what happens to it, you know? Do they just, do, do they keep it? Does somebody in the German government get exceptionally lucky to inherit this this Russian oligarch's yacht, you know? It's like, what, what do they do with it? They seize it. Okay, they seize it. Now what? Do they tear it down? Do they put it up for auction? Somebody else has to buy it? Does Angela Merkel take a vacation on it? I don't know what happens. It's it's interesting to me. You know, what happens when the government seizes an asset from someone? What do they do with it? You know, they don't tell you these things. I don't think I'll ever come into an asset seizure, but, you know, I guess I'm better off not knowing. Um, moving on. I saw another story about the Russian thing, and then I'll move on. I'll move on from that. Um, yeah, so apparently the, the UN had this vote or something to condemn Russia on what they're doing. And, like, uh, almost everyone voted to condemn them. And there were, like, five countries that didn't. And one of them was North Korea. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, how does North Korea – what do you have to do to be in the UN? I mean, what what is the bar to entry? I feel like I could be in the UN. I never killed anyone. North Korea, you know, they, they've done all these horrible things. They threaten to nuke us every, you know, couple of years or so. And why are they in the UN? I don't understand this. Why do they get to be in the UN? What is, the bar must be so low. And then they're in it. I mean, they got to have done something. Can you get kicked out of the UN? I guess not. They get a vote. They, they voted, you know, they were in support of Russia, basically is how they voted. I mean, it just, it, it makes you wonder, like, they make the big deal about being in the UN. But what does it even mean? I don't know what it means. North Korea is a member. They get to vote? What? They don't think they get to vote. It's crazy. I don't understand. And I was looking at the other countries that voted. Uh, voted. Now, like 35 or so like abstained or they didn't vote. I don't know how you do that. Like, do they just say, oh, you can sit this one out. I mean, what if everyone abstained? You know, there's no vote. Well, which way would it go? I don't even know what the vote's supposed to do. Condemn them. But does that mean sanctions? I don't know. It's said to condemn. What does that mean? I have no idea. Um, anyway, the 30-something countries don't vote, right? I mean, like, what, what happened? Did they take a bathroom break? Did they go to smoke a cigarette? How do you not vote? And one of them was China. I, I don't know. I feel like China's kind of playing it. They're like, ah, you know, we didn't really vote to condemn you. We didn't really support you. You know, they want to see who's going to win, right? It's like, I don't know. I feel like that's their strategy. Whenever something bad, whenever there's something bad going on, they just don't comment. It's like, oh, what happened in Tiananmen Square? Oh, nothing. What happened in Tiananmen Square? I don't know. Nothing happened. And what, what, what's this island over here in the thing? It's not a country, is it? Oh, no, not a country, not a country. Taiwan's not a country. They made John Cena. It is so, I can't believe more people don't know about this. It's the craziest thing I've ever heard. John Cena, you can't see me. John Cena, professional wrestler, he speaks Mandarin, okay? And he was promoting the Fast and the Furious movie that he was in. And, you know, China is a big market for movies, right? So anyway, he makes these videos promoting the movie in Mandarin. And he's sitting there. And one of them, he has like an ice cream cone. And he's like talking about it. He's like, oh, I'm eating ice cream, and you know, it's it's cool, but you know what's cooler is the Fast and the Furious, and you gotta come see our movie. But in Mandarin, 
And then, <laughs> and then in one of the videos, he goes, oh, we're releasing the, the movie first in the, the, the beautiful country of Taiwan. And it was a big controversy. John Cena's social credit score went to the toilet. He, he you know, they, they don't embrace Taiwan as a country over there. They act like it's not a country. They say it's part of China. So we had to film an apology. John Cena, the guy who goes around doing the fake wrestling, he had to record an apology video in Mandarin to the entire country of China. He got in trouble with everybody in China because he said Taiwan was a country. It's one of the funniest things. You can look it up. It, it's rather, it's kind of sad, also kind of comical. I don't know. My, my sense of humor is not, not uniform. I, I will say that much. Uh, Sometimes I, I I just laugh at the wrong things. Um, you know, it's like somebody says something and, you know, they don't really mean it funny, but it's so funny. You just can't help but to kind of chuckle. And I, I have an example. Okay, so uh, high school, I'm singing in choir, right? I, I went to small school, private school um, down in Charleston. Uh, anyway, we're singing. It was our Christmas pageant thing, lessons and carols, Christmas, right? Anyway, we're standing up there and it was a small school. So we had the high school chorus. We had the middle school, middle schoolers. Uh, we had elementary schoolers, little, little kids. You know, we were all singing together. It was a beautiful thing. You know, you had the, uh, all the grades together singing this beautiful Christmas music. Anyway, we're singing one song. I, I can't remember what it was. And I, I had noticed that it was rather warm in, in the church uh it, it's rather warm in there i mean i was i was i was sweating pretty hard i was burning up anyway when you're singing in choir they always tell you don't lock your legs okay because you know you're singing you're not really paying attention and it kind of you know it's not easy to sing you know to really sing really pay attention it's uh it's kind of a mental mental thing you might not be focused and it may make you you know, it kind of wears you out. Anyway, they tell you not to lock your legs because you can faint, right? We're singing this song. I'm on the back row, even though I'm, I'm, I'm not very tall. I'm rather short. I'm on the back row because I guess I was, you know, one of the oldest. And there's a middle school boy in front of me. Okay? We're singing this song. I don't know. I'm not really paying attention. <laughs> and I just see him lean forward. And he just completely wipes out the rest of the chorus. I mean, these little kids below him, <laughs> they felt, they I mean, he falls forward and they, I swear, they fell like dominoes. It, <laughs> it's not funny, but it was hilarious. <laughs> the whole thing, the whole church stood up. <gasps> this big gasp. That was the most dramatic thing I've ever seen. I mean, the kid was okay. Thank God. I, I would, I'm not trying to laugh at the kid fainting. <laughs> but it was funny. I mean, the whole time, I, I mean, first we were like horrified, right? But I, I just can't help it. I, I laugh when I'm not supposed to, but the whole rest, the whole rest of the performance, I'm standing there and I, I'm looking at my friend, my friend Sam, and we're just looking at each other. <laughs> and we're trying not to just die laughing up there. I'm sorry. You know, you're singing these songs and, you know, people are kind of bored and they're not really paying attention. Then the kid... I mean, the kid faints and he wipes out all these, these people. It's funny. I'm sorry. It's funny. 
they felt these these poor kids. I mean, they were terrified of us to begin with, right? These little third, fourth graders, second graders, that kind of thing. They're terrified of the older kids to begin with because, you know, we're loud and we're singing behind them and this and that. And then one of us goes and falls on them. I mean, the poor kids, the, the whole rest of the performance, I swear to goodness, they're looking back at me like I was about to jump on them. <laughs> they're like, oh, I don't want to be crushed by another big kid. Uh, uh, yeah, so there's one example of my uh, inappropriate laughter. I tell you something else that bothers me is uh, elevators. I, I talked about this uh, on my Facebook, and people are like, "Ah, you're crazy! You don't know what you're talking about." Uh, people, I don't think people know, but it's it's polite. You know, I'm from the south. We, we're supposed to have manners, southern charm, all that nonsense. Um, but I, I do subscribe to this. Uh, when when you're in the elevator uh, and you're about to get off, oh, I'm sorry when you arrive to the floor, right? And let's say you're waiting to get on. You let the people exit the elevator before you get on. You know, it's just a common courtesy so you don't have to brush past each other. It's the unwritten rule of elevators, okay? And, uh, you know, I swear, almost every other day, I get off the elevator and somebody runs into me. Hey, you know what? And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. Usually they're, they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, it's okay kind of annoyed but you know i'm nice about it uh, the last time it happened there was two people and they, they thought it was hilarious they just started laughing i mean these are the people i'm surrounded by the rudest things i swear it's always to me this happens it never to anybody else they, they got to run over me and they think it's hilarious and you know you know what i think i'm going to put a little sign that says hey proper elevator etiquette you know make it a liter uh, alliteration people like that uh you know Hey, Manoli's Musings, elevator etiquette. There you go. Uh, you know, hey, these are the rules of the elevator. Uh, uh, you wait for the people to get off. Uh, if you get in first, you ask the people behind you what floor they want. And don't shut the door on people. Uh, I'm sorry, what else is there? Don't. Yeah. You know, just be polite. I don't understand. It's so hard for people. They're so wrapped up in whatever it is that they do, and they just run over people. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was one thing. And uh, I don't know where I'm going now. The elevator thing. Oh, here's something. Uh, so I, I'm wearing a, a shirt. It's a Cobra, Cobra Kai shirt. Okay. I, I like Cobra Kai. I like the Karate Kid movie. I like them all. Uh, well, except for the one that Ralph Macchio was in. And the Jaden Smith one. I don't like that one. But, you know, the first three. The first one's the best, of course, and then this, uh, two and three, you know, two is okay, three is kind of a joke, but you know, it is what it is. I mean, it, the, the movie's about this kid doing karate, and he's like fighting off the world with it. It's a little goofy, but you know, it's fun. I enjoy it. It's a good coming-of-age story, you know. Danny boy, he beats up the bully, he gets the girl. It's feel good, you know. You feel good when you watch The Karate Kid. It's poor kid, he comes out to California, the people are rude to him. He's, he, you know what, he says, I'm going to stick it to him. And that's what he did. And, you know, it's good. And then, you know, Cobra Kai comes along, you know, almost 30 years later. And it's like, uh, you know, maybe, maybe Johnny wasn't such a bad guy. And I, the point is that I enjoy the show. Okay. They, they, their fourth season came out. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I, I like every, I like it all. 
but you know, whenever you like someone, there's always somebody that's got to, you know, they always got to, ah, I can't believe you watched that. Man, that show's so goofy. It's so goofy and predictable. Blah, 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 blah. It's like, yeah, I know it's goofy and predictable. It's about these teenagers trying to kill each other, but they can't actually kill each other because they're teenagers and they use karate, but they act like they're going to kill each other. And it's, you know, the, how high can the stakes get? Nobody's going to die on this show. Uh, you know, I enjoy it. You know, you don't have to like it, but I don't understand why it's any of your business. They're like, ah, it's goofy. And the show knows it's goofy, okay? And that's one of the reasons I like it. They play into the, the wackiness, the goofiness, the nonsense, the ridiculousness of the whole plot. And that's why I commend that, you know? It's like uh, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. People do the same thing with that. Oh, it's so goofy. It's not serious enough. Ah, I, I want my, my Spider-Man to be dark and gritty and blah, blah, blah. These superhero movies. Oh, I, wa I, I want them to be dark, okay? Why do they need it to be dark? I don't like that. You know, it, it's superheroes. It's it's ridiculous. It's it's fantasy. It's goofy. Uh, you know, you're watching people run around in these jumpsuits. They have superpowers. The guy gets bit by a radioactive spider. And you want it to be dark and gritty? I think it should be a little goofy. I don't mean they can't have emotional weight. I mean the the Raimi movies they did that just fine. But people are people they they lost their minds over the. It started, I guess it kind of started back with the Christopher Nolan uh, Batman movies. I'm sorry, they, it's just not. I don't know. I just don't really like the aesthetic, and that's fine. You know, people love them. They're great movies. I don't disagree. They're written great. The action's very good. But it's like, I don't know. It's like I'm watching Batman, you know? I don't need it to be as serious as, you know, a World War II documentary. I, I really don't. I like the Tim Burke movies. People do the same thing. Oh, they're more cartoonish. Yeah, it's, it's a freaking comic book, okay? Get over it. And people do the same thing with Star Wars. I love Star Wars. I pretty much like, I pretty much like every movie. I don't really like The Rise of Skywalker. I thought that was bad. Uh, yeah, so I like most of the movies and the TV shows. I mean, Mandalorian, Boba Fett, I like it. Uh, but there's this thing with Star Wars fans, uh, especially around the Clone Wars, the the, car the cartoon animated series. Uh, they get a little weird about it. Uh, they they really because. What happened was people my age, we grew up, you know, on the prequels and the Clone Wars and this kind of era. So it's kind of nostalgic for us. And then and then we look back and we're kind of like, uh, this is kind of cartoonish. And, uh, you know, a little it's a little little childish. People are like, I don't really want to watch it because it's a cartoon. And, and they're like, well, it's not just for kids. And it's dark because because people die and there's war crimes and blah, blah, blah. And, and it's it's so dark, man. You know, the horrors of war exemplified through the Cartoon Network, man, you know, not just for kids and not a kid's show. And it's like, I don't understand. Who cares? Who cares if somebody doesn't want to watch it? Like what you like. Watch what you want to watch. Do what you want to do. Enjoy it. Be your own person. You know, you know, not everyone's going to like what you like. Not everyone's going to agree with what you have to say. Who cares? You know, unless you're wrong, you know, but when it comes to like TV and movies and food and People get so defensive. It's like, oh, I can't believe you don't like Friends. Well, I don't really like it. I can't believe. Oh, how can you not love The Office? Well, I don't really like it. But, you know, I don't I respect people who do. But the TV thing, like, well, you know, 
the the Marvel movies, and you know, I, I can't wait for the next one. I'm sorry, I don't want to have to watch 20 movies to understand the plot. I saw the big ones, I enjoy them. I saw all the Spider Man and the Avengers, uh, but I mean, it's like, I mean, you know, you fall behind. It's like this is like a three week commitment now just to get back on track. I don't think so. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. You like that kind of thing, or you know, you like, I. It's just, uh, you know, like what you like, but, you know, anybody who doesn't like it isn't automatically wrong, okay? And I think that's all I have to say for now. Uh, I've talked almost for 30 minutes now, and I think that's really too much for anyone to bear. But, uh, yeah, this is it. Uh, I hope to get the camera so you can actually see me talk, and I hope to bring in some guests, because really, who wants to listen to me talk forever? Uh, I, don't, I don't think many people do. But if you do enjoy it for some reason, you know, uh, subscribe and follow along and uh, I'll try to post another one soon. OK. All right. That's it. Have a good day.